Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello, it is Jack Gill, and welcome to Red Men News. I am joined by Georgia Stevens, live from Iceland. She joins us today. Uh, Georgia, I hope you're keeping well. Um, just to start um, with a bit, obviously, yesterday was five years of Jurgen Klopp, and there's been some great memories of, of Jurgen's time at Liverpool so far, um, and I hope there's many more to come. Um, but what's your favourite Klopp moment? Um, we'll try and not go the main ones. Obviously, you've got the title win, the Champions League wins, stuff like that. Try and think of one that, that maybe not many other people would say, you know, something like that. And me and George will say at the end as well with all the comments um, and, and let you know what ours is. Um, there's loads of stuff to talk about today, George. We've got loads on, on obviously, the current goalkeeper situation, stuff about Gruwich and, and Harry Wilson as well. Um, but we're going to kickstart it with a signing, uh, and, and the signing of Marcelo Pitaluga. Um, so it was announced yesterday. Um, it's been this, The saga's been going on for a while. Um, he's been training with the first team for a, a couple of weeks. Um, but yesterday it was announced that the 17-year-old has joined the Reds. Um, Georgia, what do you make of this? I mean, I think everybody's drew comparisons from the start to when we when we signed Alisson because obviously the similarities are there. And I think it's great for us just to have another young keeper. I mean, we've got such good young talent in the squad. And you look at the likes of Nico and Curtis Jones and things like that. So to have another great kind of young talent who's been proven on the sort of world stage is, I think it's only good business for us. Yeah, the hype surrounding him is, is positive. Um, and, you know, we've got a lot of, of, of good young goalkeepers at, at this football club. Um, the, the important thing is, obviously, we spent a lot of money to, to bring Alison Becker in and we've had goalkeeper troubles for years. So it's about finding that next keeper after Alisson. Um, and, and, you know, I believe this this signing was on recommendation from Alison Becker. Of course, he plays uh, played for Fluminese, um, where Alison Becker's brother Muriel um, also plays. Um, he's played regularly for their reserve squad. Um, what do you make of all the calls to, to bring him in for, for the Everton game? I mean, it's a bit, it's a bit much, isn't it, Rick? But then, uh, you know, you look at the opposite and it, it's that... It's that kind of balance of getting it we have with the goalkeeper, and we saw it with Carrius, and we saw it with with you know Mignolet before that. Of when there is that dip in form, do you trust in them to kind of regain that form and and give them them other games to find it, or do you know switch it out and let them take that break and hope that when they do come back it, it's better and. 
I, I usually sit on the fence on the side of the fence of keep playing that keeper till they do well. And uh, I think, you know, we've got the fence to do that. I think the Villa game was uh, just an anomaly that I think everyone's just still a bit baffled by. But I don't know. I think the calls for him to be put in against Everton are a bit premature at the moment, especially as much as it pains me the form that Everton are in at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we've got a quote here from John Achterberg, obviously the, the Liverpool keeper coach. He said, I saw him for the first time in the World Cup squad. You're checking on the goalies and looking at the ages. Um, you see that he was in the World Cup squad one year younger than the rest of the squad. Then you think that's worth a look because normally you have two goalkeepers of the same age. But if you have someone who is a year younger, you think he may have some good attributes. Um, obviously, he goes on to say that we had Alan D'Souza there on loan and, and stuff as well. Alex's brother, uh, there's that picture of, of him with Alison and his brother of course and um, so it's clear there's been some scouting uh, quite a lot of scouting behind this and, and they've took a long look at him and, and decided that he's their man that, that, that they want to take forwards uh, and as I say it's really promising we've, we've seen with with Donnarumma and, and, and young keepers like that that there can be some really good young goalkeepers um, and of course if, if we've found uh, Alison Becker's replacement ahead of the curve, then then it's an absolutely brilliant signing for us. Um, but moving on from him, there's there's been more goalkeeper rumours surrounding Liverpool, um, and there's quite a lot of those at the minute. Obviously, with the current situation with Adrian and, and everything that's going on with with Alison getting injured again, and, and Jamie Carragher saying during the Villa game that perhaps we need to look at getting a better number two. Um, and one name that's been mentioned regularly is is Stoke goalkeeper Jack Butland. Now, Georgie, he's, he's a man that obviously everyone knows when he was in the Premier League a couple of seasons ago. He was heavily linked with with a move to, to a top, top club. Um, but since he's been in the Championship, no one's really heard too much of him. There were a couple of mistakes in the year they went down and, and stuff like that. A couple of Pickford errors, as I like to call them. Um, but, you know, it, it's clear that apparently Stoke, uh, this is according to the Football Insider, Stoke are desperate to get someone who's a high wage earner off their books. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into that that transfer that, that makes sense. And like you said, you know, when Jack Butler was in the Premier League, I was certainly a big fan of him. I think he was one of the first English goalkeepers that sort of looked like the modern European goalkeepers that we were seeing at the time. And he, he was super exciting. But obviously, as he dropped down, nobody kind of picked notice. And I think if Liverpool did sign him, maybe a brilliant number two. I think the only thing is, you know, he's 27. Does he want to be a number two? Does he still think he has that that momentum in the tank to, to push through? And also the, the the link itself is from Paul Robinson, who's just saying that it it would be a good move. Like uh, it would be, and everybody thinks it makes sense. Whether there's actual kind of momentum behind it is is another thing. Yeah, I, I really can't see us signing a keeper, especially before the end of this window. And you know, it's. It's difficult because obviously we've all watched the the recent errors of Adrian and, and we're all slightly worried, especially with Addison's recent injury history and, and, and stuff like that. I mean, we know how important it is to have a good goalkeeper when you're challenging for the title. Um, but there's loads of things that go into this regarding Jack Butland. Why has nobody made the sweep already? As we said, he was he was a well-known goalkeeper when he was in the Premier League. Why has nobody already gone down that route? There, there must be red flags. Is it the price tag? Is it his wage? Is it the fact that he wants to be a number one somewhere and, and no one can promise that? Um, yeah, so I, I can't see it happening personally. Um, but let us know in the comments what you think. Are you desperate for us to bring in a goalkeeper? Do you think Adrian's not good enough? Which goalkeeper do you suggest that we bring 
Tangen. Uh, Gazaniga from Tottenham was was spoken about with Sergio Romero at United as well. Um, that we we may take a punt on and and bring in to to at least challenge Adrian uh, for for that number two spot. Um, which which everyone seems desperate for at the moment. Um, but yeah, to move on, Georgia will go on to uh, an outgoing and Marco Gurich, obviously, the other day joined FC Porto on loan, which means he'll be playing in the Champions League this season. Um, it's a good move for him, Georgia, isn't it? I was, I was very disappointed to see him not go out on, obviously, the sort of what we saw as deadline day here. And, and you know, but... The day after, he seemed to it seemed to be uh, imminent that he was joining Porto, and, and he did that evening. Um, but it's a good step up for him. You know, he's he's gone from playing in the Bundesliga. He now gets European experience as well in the Champions League, of course. Yeah, I think that when he when he played for us, he showed some promising signs. As, as much as you know, there were some frustrating moments and. I think the main thing is that is European football. He's now got the chance to to play in the Champions League to test himself against the same opponents that we'll be testing ourselves against. And Porto are, are a good side. We certainly hated coming up against them the past few years. So it's not like he's going to be learning a whole new style of play or something along them. I think it, it's a really good move that makes sense for for him and hopefully for the club. They also signed Felipe Anderson from from West Ham, who we know is a good player, um, on on loan on deadline day as well. So you know Porto making a good couple of moves there. I thought Marco Goric was really good in the cup competitions for us. Um, I thought he showed really promising promising signs, and he was one of the standout players in in both games. So you know I I think it's one of those situations that West Ham and Southampton were reportedly after him as well. I think there's there's a lot of Premier League teams that that Marco Goric um, will get into, but I I just think. With coronavirus and everything going on, no one would give us the the, the permanent the, the money for a permanent move that that we were looking for as a club, really. But it's difficult because I think you know I think in, in years gone by, Gurich is a guaranteed starter for Liverpool. But I think with how long our midfield area is at the minute, it, it's it's hard for him to get in, isn't it, Georgia? Yeah, and I. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I believe I saw it on Twitter with the, the whole rules within the Premier League of overseas players and homegrown players and the balance of that. And obviously we do have a lot of homegrown players within the squad, but we are quite heavy on the side of overseas. And, you know, if it's a choice between Gruwich or, or, you know, Mo Salah or it's, it's someone of that pecking order, then he is the, the fall guy in that sense. And I think sometimes that quota is... That, that that's the cost of it and like you said it, he's a good player who maybe next season is, is somebody who starts maybe the season after somebody who starts but he's that good of a player that we just don't seem to want to let him go Absolutely um, David Lynch as well to, to continue what you were saying there he tweeted uh, yesterday um, that LFC's squad for the season's Champions League has been confirmed Harry Wilson didn't make the cut, Georgia, so he's another one that's assumed to be on his way out now, whether it be permanent or, or on loan to an, another Premier League club or, or maybe even Championship club. I think it makes sense. You know, he, he got his first team debut um, the other night against Arsenal and he's been around for so long. I think a lot of people are surprised by that. Um, but he's he's been a, a player that we've seen go out on loan regularly over the last few years, and it seemed like it was to raise his price tag. He doesn't seem he, he doesn't strike me as a Liverpool type player, and I think it's the right thing for for him to move on. Yeah, I don't think in the in the cup games or when he did make his debut there was anything too exciting there. Like you've got to take into account, you know, the team he's playing against, the team he's been slotted into, all that sort of things. But 
yeah, I, I, I do think him going out on loan or hopefully kind of a permanent move is something that, that's for the best. But I think the thing that we've seen recently is, especially with Danny Ings and things, I've seen the kind of buyback clause kind of floating around. I think he's probably one worth putting it on because we saw how well he did in the championship and things of, you don't know, Premier League football or solid, consistent football could be the things that, that makes that player. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's it's an interesting one with with Harry Wilson. We we know he's in talks with Burnley, but there was a problem with the price tag and stuff like that. Um, it, it may be that we got the money we wanted for him if it was any other sort of market. Um, but with the coronavirus and, and, and stuff like that, it, it makes it difficult. Um, so it'll be interesting now to see what happens. Burnley, as I said, was, was the club that was um, apparently interested in him. Do they now get him on loan? What happens there? So it, it'll be a, an interesting week regarding Harry Wilson and, and what happens next for him. Um, Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The, the route with the young players, Curtis Jones and, and Reese Williams, who um, obviously Reese Williams really impressed in, in the Carabao Cup games uh, against Arsenal and Lincoln. And Curtis Jones, who is becoming more of a regular in, in the first team. They both got their under-21 debuts um, the other day uh, for England, of course, Georgia. It's, it's really good news, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's brilliant for, for Reese Williams, like we said, of you know, it's it's that of consistent first team football being around the first team that can get you that international notice and for him it has and I think for Curtis Jones it's sort of a matter of time before we see him in, in the first team. And I think with the way we see Southgate working and the, the sides he's putting together, he's shown that, you know, form is important. You saw that with Calvert Lewin getting slotted in there, you saw it with a few debuts getting put. I think it is, if Curtis Jones has a good few games under his belt for Liverpool, it is a matter of time before he gets you know, slotted onto the bench or even a staff for, for the first team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Reese Williams is someone who benefited really well from going out on loan last season to, to a conference club. He's really bulked up. He's, he's really improved parts of his game. And, and, you know, I think it's it's something that's good and, and that a lot of young players can look towards and, and say, look, maybe alone is good for me to get regular first team football and then come back to Liverpool and impress and get 
we know Jurgen Klopp likes to give young players chances in the Cups and, and Reese Williams is a player who's got his chance and he's taken it and, and, and performed really, really well and, and probably got himself higher up in the pecking order at the club. Um, just lastly, before we move on to the Jurgen Klopp stuff, um, uh, Jordan Shakiri has tested negative um, for COVID-19. This comes just days after he reportedly tested positive. Um, I don't really know what's happened here, Georgia, uh, but <laughs> luckily... Uh, with all the problems surrounding Liverpool players and, and COVID-19 at the minute, it, it seems that it's one that's, that's sort of got away with it and, and it's a lucky escape for Shakiri really. Yeah, it's great news in the sense of somebody's negative for it and obviously within the squad, again, it, it's good news. It's just the concern I think a lot of people are having about the, the closeness of those tests and the, and the such opposing views um, and kind of the the effect that that can have if, if either of those tests were wrong. What, you know, if the positive was wrong, it, it's him out for God knows how long in the squad. If the negative's wrong, then obviously he's got the risk of, of spreading that internationally. Um, so, yeah, it, it's good news in the sense that he is negative. Um, I think it's just concerning for a lot of people um, how you can get such opposing kind of test results so quickly, especially when the, the kind of impact can be so detrimental. Yeah, I, I think there was loads of stuff uh, about this sort of saying that maybe Shakiri had, had had it previously in, in the last month or so and that that's why he tested positive. Um, obviously, loads of different clubs use different tests and there are different tests available and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's very hard. Um, but as you say, it absolutely does raise concerns. Um, how many other players have, have tested positive when actually it's been that it's it, it's a past sort of issue rather than right now and, and current um so yeah definitely something that the football authorities will, will probably look into um georgia your favorite young club uh, moment then before we go into the comments uh, there's a lot to choose from and i am probably going to go with the the classic kind of and I, I blame i think i blame ben for this because he tweeted it of the the kind of six minute video of club at the at the champions league final and just watching him go around and kind of celebrate. I think that those six minutes are probably my favourite Jurgen Klopp moments of just kind of seeing how much it meant to him, but also the, the connection he actually has with our players. Um, that's probably when, it, when, it, when I kind of fell in love with them. There's loads to pick out, isn't there? You've got, obviously, people would say the draw with West Brom where he got criticised, but, you know, that's that's the start of something really quite special. That's where things start to turn. You can even look at the 4-1 defeat to Tottenham where Dayan Lovren was dragged off at half-time. And, and again, that's another situation where things started to kick kickstart from that day really and, and things really started to change and shape up how Jürgen Klopp wanted them to shake up. You've got obviously the game against City in the Champions League or the 4-3 win against City where they seemed formidable that season that no one could beat them and then we pop up and and, and do what we did against them. So, you know, there's so many great memories with Jürgen Klopp as we say all the trophies he's won as well and stuff like that. Um, but let me have a look at your comments and what you're, um, you're saying um, about it. It says, um, Klopp, Stuart Wisby says, Klopp and co celebrating the Lana winner against Norwich is one. Klopp running on and celebrating with Alisson is another. Absolutely. Uh, obviously, Div Oxlade winner against um, Everton, where I don't think anyone knew what they were doing in that moment. It was just such a mad moment. Um, and the Norwich one is definitely another one. Obviously, Klopp had his glasses broken that day in all that melee as well. Such a mad game. Um, and yeah, um, Stanko 
Dugansic says, I'll win against Barca. Uh, Liam Lawrence says, Klopp <coughs> Dortmund at Anfield or the Barca game. Uh, and Joe Rainbird also says, Kolo Torre breaking Klopp's glasses at Norwich, was it? Fantastic. Um, and then Mike Potter, obviously, with, with that famous gif of him counting up to six on the bus uh, with a Heineken in his hand, um, which was another brilliant moment. He's just a fantastic manager to have. And, and you know, he brings so much more to a, our squad than just, you know, the man manager, Jürgen Klopp, and, and just the coach that he is. He brings so much and, and the toget- togetherness and makes it more a, a family than a club, really, doesn't he? He bangs on about that, that whole philosophy, Georgia. Yeah, I think a lot of clubs, it's it's hard for a lot of fans to understand kind of Liverpool's connection to Jurgen Klopp because I think they they don't understand Liverpool as a club if they if they don't get it because it, it is more than a club and we we bang on about that. It's a lot of people's identity is to be scouts and and to support Liverpool Football Club and for Jurgen Klopp to step in and and bed in and embody what that means, to embody what the city means. I mean, not talking to certain newspapers and making it clear that that's what he does. Managers before like have maybe stepped around that, tiptoed around that, had the PR person deal with that. For him to do that himself shows that he understands what the city is about, he understands what its people is about, and he understands his fans. And, and, and through that, I think, thick and thin, the pool fans stand by him. And, 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 you know, that is something is so hard for a manager to get, is to not just get fans on a side, but a whole city. Yeah, the perfect manager, the perfect appointment. And it's definitely going to be a sad day when Jürgen Klopp leaves this football club. Um, to move on to Butland and, and the comments surrounding him, Joe Rainbird says he's better than Adrian. Uh, Stuart Wisby says Jack would be a decent number two. <laughs> he is better than what we have. But ensure if at 27, he would want to be on the bench long term. And Mr A says, I would take Butland, anyone over Adrian. Um, Mike Potter says, I reckon if we're going for a new number two, I'd rather give Kelleher one game before we finalise anything, see how he gets on. It's not worth spending five million at Woods for the sake of three games plus cup games. I think it's really interesting, all this, this goalkeeper debate, Georgia, because I think part of it is people... Um, so used to Alisson and how important he is for us and therefore... You know, number twos aren't meant to be perfect. They're not meant to be these wonderful, great goalkeepers. They're, they're meant to be there most of the time to sit on the bench and play second fiddle to, to your first choice goalkeeper. Um, but yeah, I, I think there have been some key errors from Adrian, obviously, especially the, the one against Aston Villa for the first goal. They were last season, he cost us a, a Champions League spot, really, with, with that dreadful error against Atletico Madrid. Um, but, you know, I, I think it may be jumping the gun a bit too soon, going out and, and signing someone like Butland or, or Gazaniga or, or Romero. Um, the Kelleher one is an interesting shout, but I think we saw against Arsenal last season, he's not quite ready yet. And I think he'd benefit from a loan. I think the Pitaluga signing sort of paves the way for him going out on loan. Um, so what, what do you make of it? Or do you, what, what do you think surrounding Kelleher? I think in in terms of that, it's great for us as fans to say, yeah, give him a give him a shot. You know, we're saving the club money, all all that sort of stuff. It's easy for us to say we're we're not the coaching staff and we're not that player themselves. That player having a run out in the Premier League and having a mistake or costing something, and something that is so important as the Premier League can be the complete like destroy of that of that character. And I think we we're seeing that with Adrian right now. I mean, go back a year. He was the super number two that everybody loved that won us the Super Cup. And and now suddenly he's the next Carrius. 
And that's how fickle football is and that's how quick it moves. And to put a young kid through that right now in such a kind of toxic environment that is created because it's pressured, it could be the worst thing that we could do. Could also be the thing that makes them. But we've seen in the in the kind of past results that, you know, he's not quite ready yet. And I think that that would be something that could ruin him. Yeah, I think with Adrian, it's the whole goalkeeper is a very tough uh, position to play in the first place. It's very high pressure position, and, and especially at Liverpool Football Club over the last few years with with Mignolet's regular errors, Carrius obviously in Kiev. Um, so it, it's very difficult. I thought against Arsenal just a couple of days before that Villa game, he was very, very good. Uh, and I was hoping that, you know, he'd, he'd bring back the form that he bought at the start of last season when Alisson was injured, when he was very good and we didn't lose a game. Um, but of course, he makes that poor error against Aston Villa just a few minutes in. And then the game sort of set itself up from there, didn't it? And, and you know, people didn't look confident in, in their goalkeeper during the game. Um, so it, it's very interesting. It's definitely something that, that will be looked at, I'm sure. Um, there was a, obviously Gruwich commenting on Instagram yesterday. I'm not sure how true that is, um, but about Adrian's future and, and loads of stuff about that. So it is going to be very, very interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, that, that's it for the news today. Thank you, Georgia, for joining us. Uh, and we'll be back again on Monday for more news. So in, enjoy your weekend without football, a nice break. Um, and then, yeah, we'll be back on Monday. See you soon. Sarah.